Hi, Deacon Allen here. Uh, we're moving on to Unit 10, and this time we're introducing you to the perfect active system, which includes three tenses. Uh, so what we're going to learn this week is the perfect indicative active. Um, with the, uh, the perfect active system, it, it works off of the third principal part for the verb. Um, and uh, so you will, uh, the stem, the perfect active stem will be uh, that first principle, the, the third principle part, and then uh, um, which is in the first person singular, perfect indicative active. And you would drop the, for the other uh, persons and, uh, and numbers, you would drop the, uh, the, that ending, the long I that's in your third person principle part, and add the endings uh, for uh, first person plural or you know, second person singular or whatever. So um, now the first person, the, the present indicative active uh, has the sense of a completed action. It really covers two of the possible tenses. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about our grid of like nine things. Um, and this, it can be the, pa the simple past tense, you know, the sense of I did, you know, something's done, boom, in a moment in the past. It can also have the sense of a present completed, I have done something over time, but it's now completed. Um, context is just going to tell you which is the more uh, appropriate for your translation. All right. The complication here is that you are getting six new endings. They're different from other forms you've seen in verbs. That's one complication. But there's a compensatory uh, nice thing about this for us as students, and that is that it all four conjugations follow the same pattern. All right. So um, if you uh, if you look at uh, uh, our sample verb in the first conjugation, laudo laudare laudavi laudatus to praise. The third principal part, laudavi, that is the uh, perfect indicative active first person singular. So that means I praised, or if we're going with that present uh, completed sense, I have praised. Okay. And uh, if you take that laudavi, you drop the long I, and then you add the other endings, what you get in the second person singular, laudavisti. Um, third person singular, laudavit. Um, uh, first person plural, laudavimus. Uh, the uh, second person plural, laudavistis. And the third person plural, laudaverunt. All right. Um, notice that, uh, you know, in the, in the passive, we had had uh, some examples where the second person singular had two different forms. Um, here, it's both the second person singular and second person plural have an alternate form, and it's but it's really just a contraction. So, laudavisti can become laudasti, and laudavistis can become laudastis. But the endings look similar enough that you you, you should be shouldn't be confusing, you know, uh, which person or uh, number we're talking about, or for that matter, which tense we're in, because these are only going to come up with the uh, uh, with the perfect. Uh, indicative active, right? All right. Um, 
And so this is going to carry forward for all four conjugations. So for example, if we look at our second conjugation sample verb, moneo, monere, monui, monitus, to warn or to advise, I look at that third person, the principal part, monui, right? And so we would get monui, uh, monuisti, monuit, monimus, uh, monistis, uh, monuistis, and monierunt, all right? And similarly, if we moved on to, um, you know, a, a, a third conjugation, both, you know, the, uh, um, let's say, duco ducere duxi ductus, you know, what do we, what do we get there? Uh, we get, uh, we get the, the same sort of thing. We look at the duxi, right? And, uh, and so we, in the, uh, the um, perfect indicative active, we would get duxi, duxisti, duxit, duximus, duxistis, duxerunt. And there's a, another form there that might occasionally come up of duxere, but well, you know, let's not worry about that right now. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, uh, and so it'll go the same way with all four conjugations. Okay. Nice and easy. All right, let's uh, look at, uh, then we, we're going to uh, talk about uh, sum esse fui futurus, to be or to exist. The perfect stem, stem here <coughs> is, of course, we drop that long I of the third principal part, so we get fu. So we get fui, fuisti, fuit, fuimus, fuistis, fuerunt. All right, so even even the irregular verb sum esse fui futurus is regular in this regard. All right. Um, moving on to the relative pronoun, which is also the interrogative adjective qui, que, quod in the three genders, masculine, feminine, and neuter. How do I remember qui, que, quod? I always like to think of, if you've, have you ever read uh, Herman Melville's um, uh, um novel Moby Dick. Uh, you know, I am so glad that I was never given that book to read in high school because it would have been completely lost on a 16-year-old boy. I read it recently, just a few years ago, and I loved it. <laughs> what a great book. And, you know, a lot of people will complain about the bits where uh, Ishmael is talking about this and that, and especially his bizarre notions about whales and so forth and his legal things and what there is all sorts of stuff that that he just kind of goes off onto long chats and 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 people say, well, just keep keep to the you know skip these chapters and move on to the uh, the exciting stuff and and reading it, I was thinking, you know, really, this is actually a key part of the novel um, because uh, um, the novel. It's not Melville telling you bad science that is since, you know, we know so much more about whales now and biology that, you know, uh, we know they're not fish and so forth, you know, stuff like that. No, this is Ishmael as a character telling you all this stuff. Um, and so when you look at it in that perspective, I, I loved all those extra little divigations off onto various topics. I thought it was a, a charming novel that also highlighted that, you know, on a ship at sea, there's a lot of downtime. And so the character Ishmael was doing all of his thinking. Anyway, 
I raise this for two reasons. And principally as a way that you can remember qui qua quod, right? Who, what's the name of the, uh, of Ishmael's, uh, bunk mate is qui quad, right? Is, I mean, qui qua. Qui quag is, uh, on board the Pequod. <laughs> so qui qua quod. Anyway, stupid, but, uh, oh, incidentally, and in, in one of the earlier chapters, one of the best exegetical homilies on the book of Jonah is in Melville's uh, Moby Dick. I, I thought that that the Reverend Mr. Mapple's uh, homily on Jonah is has got some brilliant bits. But okay, we'll step away from that. All right. So, qui que quod, who, which, what, you know, um, which, you know, it's a, an interrogatory as well. So here um, we have, again, three genders, masculine, feminine, and neuter, and we have the uh, singular and plural, and we have our five cases. So uh, qui in the masculine singular, qui is the nominative, genitive is cuius, dative is cui, accusative is quem, and ablative is quo. In the feminine, we have que, cuius, cui, quam, qua. Okay. Now, the 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 quem and quam, quo, qua, those kind of make us, you know, look like uh, something that we're kind of familiar with, with the first and second declensions, right? Quod is a little different. Again, we, uh, cuius and cui are the same. And again, as with, with nouns, um, in the neuter, uh, the nominative and the accusative agree. So we get quod, cuius, qui, quod, quo. Okay. In the plural, we get qui, quorum, quibus, quos, quibus. You haven't learned the third, fourth, and fifth uh, declensions yet, but that bus ending is a common ending for uh, um, dative and ablative plurals. Okay, so yeah, qui quorum quibus, quos quibus, and then the feminine que quorum quibus quas quibus, and the neuter que quorum quibus que quibus. All right, I think the only one that would really throw us there is that neuter uh, nominative and accusative um, looks different from what we would expect. Uh, from nouns, well, and also I think the uh, the the cuius, uh, is is um, different from what we've seen so far. But this is um, so this is that who, whose, whom, which, you know, those kind of those kind of words. So it can be used as a relative pronoun, um, and uh, and so uh, uh, for adjectival clauses. Uh, so here's an example, Deus quem im salmis laudamus est bonus. So God, whom we praise in Psalms, and whom, of course, we praise, so that would have to be in the accusative, so we get quem, uh, est bonus, is good, right? Um, and so it's modifying Deus, so because, it, so it has to be masculine, singular, accusative, all right? Um, it can also be used for an antecedent that isn't expressed. So we get beati qui in via domini ambulant. Those who walk in the way of the Lord are blessed. Okay. Um, 
blessed are they who walk in the, in the way of the Lord. It can also be used as a connective relative. So you can use it, it's another way of saying and or or. We talk about it in Latin, has got a lot of them. This is another one of them. Not terribly common, but it can be. So, discipuli in domum deniebant, qui cum Letitia Jesum adievant. The disciples were coming into the house, and they were gladly listening to Jesus. If we'd had a comma instead of a uh, full stop or period after veniebant, we could say the disciples uh, were coming into the house who were gladly listening to Jesus. We probably shifted over to the disciples who were gladly listening to Jesus were coming into the house. Um, we can also use this as an interrogative adjective, in which case, again, it has to agree as an adjective, it has to agree with the noun it's modifying in gender, number, and case. So if we have qui minister hodie misam celebrabant, celebrabat, uh, which minister is celebrating mass today? Qui minister, because minister is masculine, singular uh, in the nominative, so we get qui. Okay? All right. Should be, that's fairly straightforward to what we do in English, although we only have, we only have uh, uh, um, three cases in our pronouns. All right, on to our vocabulary. Solvo solvere solvi solutus. This is to set free or to break up. It also has a sense of paying back. Um, English words that, you know, are derivatives from this, we have solve, or solution, you know, in the sense of breaking up if you're dissolving something. And there again, dissolve, okay? That's an example of actually a verb that would be formed by adding a preposition. Um, and as you can expect, you can add prepositions to a lot, you know, to just a lot of verbs, and including this one. So we learn here absolvo, absolvere, absolvi, absolutus. Uh, to set free from, to absolve in English. Um, I also get absolute <laughs> from this, which, you know, in, in the sense of, of, you know, it's completed, it's finished, right? Um, tolo tolere. Here's an odd one. This is an interesting verb because um, uh, tolo tolere doesn't have a third principal part. You'd expect to see tolo tolere tuli, but there isn't one that fits that. So it, it its third principal part um, takes on a form with a preposition attached to it. So we get tolo tolere sustuli, sublatus. And this means to take away, to lift up, to take up. Okay. Um, and if you if you've ever read uh, Saint Augustine's uh, Confessions, an early part when he's or when he's he's uh, um, thinking about uh, 
or uh, you know, one you know, he's he's struggling in his mind about conversion, and he hears over a wall what sounds like a child's voice, kind of going sing-songy. Tole lege, tole lege. And he has in his hands a scripture. And the child's voice that he's hearing is saying, take it up, read it, take it up, read it, which, you know, isn't a child's game he was familiar with, but he takes it as a sign and he just opens the scroll randomly. And there's a a passage that really strikes to the heart and is a, instrumental in his in his you know finally getting over the hump of conversion. Um, so that's that verb. Take it up. Well, we use uh, we have uh, um, um, in some of it's like again with all of these verbs they, you can add a, a preposition to them. And so if you add ex tolo, ex tolere, ex tuli, it doesn't have a fourth principle. But this is, we get our word extol, to, you know, to lift up, to, to extol. Okay. Finio, finire, finivi, or finii, there's an alternate form, um, and finitus, to end or to finish. And obviously we get our word finite from finitus, right? Finish, you know, from this one. All right. Galilea Galilee uh, is Galilee. Um, anus ani. This is a, uh, a masculine uh, second declension noun. It means year. So we get words like anniversary. Um, one of the things that bugs me is people talking about, oh, this is our 10-year anniversary. Well, that's redundant. It's your 10th anniversary, right? Um, <laughs> and it's not your six-month anniversary. It's your half-anniversary. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the early 90s when Queen Elizabeth II had a particularly bad year. It was the year that uh, um, Prince Charles and, uh, and, and Diana's marriage came kind of publicly apart and then Windsor Castle her home caught fire and it was just a, an awful awful year for her and she described it in a letter to uh, uh, one of her best friends as her anus horribilis her, uh, her horrible year so there's that word anus uh, we get this uh, for example in our we use this in our dating um, uh, system uh, where we talk about A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of the Lord. So Anno in the uh, ablative, and then Domini in the genitive, so in the year of the Lord. Um, clerus Clery, clergy. So we get our word clergy. We also get clerk, uh, clerical, um, in both senses, uh, uh, from this. All right. Um, debitum debiti, a debt. And we get, in English, we talk about debits, you know, debits and credits, or and also the word debt <laughs> also comes from this word. Um, desiderium desiderii is want, need, or desire. We get our word desire from this through the French, you know, so it shortens up, desiderium. Um, 
Detrimentum detrimenti is a loss, and we get our word detriment, obviously. Imperium imperii, this is dominion, empire. It can also mean precept or command. Um, and obviously we get our word imperial, empire, you know, emperor, um, you know, all those from the same word. Um, we also, uh, the Latin word for a general is imperator, which is where we get our word emperor. Um, so it, it, it has a sense not necessarily of, of, at least originally, of civilian, you know, government, but more of a military command, because the early emperors were conceived of as, uh, as military uh, dictators. Um, Ministerium ministerii is ministry or service, and obviously it's related to minister, ministry, uh, in the same way that it coming from the Latin word minister, right? Um, spatium spatii, uh, space, that's pretty clear. Vinculum vinculi is a bond or a chain. Um, there is an English word that has mathematical meaning called this vinculum. Um, I, I don't know math beyond uh, trigonometry, so I can't really speak about it, but there it is. Uh, I know this word comes up, for example, in my line of work during the day as a judge on the uh, uh, Archdiocesan Court of Canon Law. Uh, in marriage nullity cases, even if the two parties are in complete agreement on nullity, there's the marriage is always defended by the defensor vinculi, the defender of the bond of marriage. All right. Um, excelsus a um. So this is high, lofty, or exalted. And, you know, we obviously get uh, our word excelsior, you know, uh, from this. So excelsus, excelsa, excelsum. Uh, gloria in excelsis Deo, you know, uh, glory to God in the highest things, right? Meaning the heavens. Okay. Um, perpetuus, perpetuum, perpetuum. Uh, I'm sorry, perpetuus, perpetua, perpetuum. Everlasting, perpetual. That's okay. same as in English. Secundus, secunda, secundum. This means second. As you can imagine, in a series, it can also mean next. Um, and we'll learn, uh, that's as the adjective form. Uh, down further, we get to secundum, which looks like that neuter adjective form, but it's actually a preposition that takes the accusative, that means according to. So in our creed, we talk about secundum scripturas, according to the scriptures, right? Um Unigenitus unigenita unigenitum, uh, only begotten, and that you know is obviously a compound word, uni and genitus, right? We get our word generated <laughs> from something like that. Okay. Um, uh, alleluia is from the Hebrew, hallelujah. Yah being uh, short for Yahweh, the uh, divine name that's usually represented in Hebrew with four uh, uh, Hebrew letters that's called in Greek the Tetragrammaton. Um, and it was never pronounced. The name was considered so holy 
that at least by the, you know, the temple period, um, the name was never pronounced except once during the year the high priest on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, would go into the Holy of Holies and and offer the the uh, the blood uh, of of the sacrifice uh, there in the Holy of Holies, and he would pronounce the divine name, and then he would hightail it out of there um, because the name was considered so holy to uh, that that was the only place where it could be spoken. But anyway, that Yah, so Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's usually in our Bibles. If you notice in your Bible, in the Old Testament, if you see Lord in all caps or small caps, or sometimes God in small caps, the underlying word in Hebrew is this word Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. And that's actually following a pious Jewish practice. And because the name couldn't be pronounced um, uh, without, uh, um, you know, showing disrespect for it, I suppose, in their minds. Uh, it was usually substituted a different word, Adonai, which means Lord. Um, and the vowel points, because Hebrew is only written with consonants, the vowel points that would indicate what the vowels were would be supplied with Adonai or Elohim, which means God. And that's where we get our word Jehovah from, from a misunderstanding of reading a J as if it was a J instead of a Y, a V instead of a W, um, and the vowel points for, uh, for Adonai, and they get Jehovah. Um, so if any Jehovah's Witnesses tell you that that's the real name for God, uh, now you know better. Uh, it's a mispronunciation of the consonants of the divine name uh, with the wrong vowels. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Alleluia in Latin is just basically a transliteration of the Hebrew Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, which, of course, in English we'll say Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, and it's undeclined, it's just an interjection, you know. And again, this is only a Christian word. It's the, your pagan Roman wouldn't have known it. Here's another preposition, ante, which takes the accusative. And this means before, before. we have in English ante, uh, you know, ante, like, you know, ante up. So you're put, placing your bet before you deal the cards, right? Um, we get a perfectly good uh, Latin phrase that we kind of combine into a single word, antebellum, before the war. In historical context, it usually means before the American Civil War, um, right? And we, you know, anticipate, you know, obviously we, we see this, uh, we see this a lot, ante, as opposed to anti, which, you know, meaning against or something. All right, here's another interjection, ecce, look, or hear, or behold. So, ecce anus dei, behold the Lamb of God. All right? Eleison is a Greek word that's just transliterated into Latin. It really only comes up in, uh, um, in, our, like, in our mass and in the, in the uh, um, 
the penitential rite where we say Kyrie eleison um, and uh, Lord have mercy. Um, so it would be a, a, a word that, yeah, an educated pagan Roman would have known because Greek was the language of learning, but it has a particular context in, in Christian Latin. Um, incidentally, those most ancient parts of our liturgy are the ones that are left untranslated from the Greek. And I am inclined to think it's probably, we should leave them untranslated when we say our liturgy in, in English, just as kind of a nod to that. So, I mean, I'm not a priest, obviously, and so I never would say Mass. But if I were a priest, I think I would probably always say Kyrie eleison rather than Lord have mercy. Um, just as a nod toward that ancient, the antiquity of that particular bit of the Mass. Anyway, I'll step off my little, it's not really a soapbox, but we'll step aside. Here's another Hebrew interjection, Hosanna, as a cry of praise. Um, and Kyrie is Greek vocative, uh, O Lord. The Greek word in for Lord is kurios, which actually declines very similar to a second declension masculine noun in Latin. And we haven't learned the vocative yet, but in the second declension masculine, the vocative is usually, you know, drop the us and add a. So if you're uh, calling out to someone named Peter, you know, Petrus, you would say Petre would be the vocative. We'll cover that probably sometime a little later. But anyway, so Kyrie is the uh, Latin form borrowed straight from the Greek of Kyrie, which means O Lord. All right. Um, Pereniter is an adverb. That er ending is often a, a, a clue that it's a, it's an adverb. So this means constantly, perennially, right? And if and it's actually a compound word, per anum, uh, you know, through the year, right? Um, so it continues on. Postea, afterwards or later on, right? We post something, right? We've talked about quique quod, and we talked about secundum. And so we get to another adverb, subito, suddenly. Um, the Italian is modern Latin, and Italian uh, uh, and musical notation often uses Italian uh, words. So we get uh, um, subito as a musical term, meaning, you know, suddenly. But uh, um, we also see it sometimes, like remember when John Paul II died and there were signs out in the crowd saying subito santo, a saint immediately, you know. Um, so uh, anyway, that that means suddenly. All right. I think we've covered our vocabulary notes uh, on all of these, on all of these words. Um, oh, by the way, uh, um, Quique and quod can have a, a, a more general meaning when suffixed with something with like cumque. Uh, so it has like quicumque, 
or quequumque or quodquumque, depending on the uh, the um, the gender, means whichever or whoever or whatever. Okay, that que again is that and ending. So literally, I suppose this would be with uh, what with what, <laughs> you know, or what with you know what also kind of you know would be you know, uh, a literal translation of that. So whichever, whoever, whatever. Okay. The uh, so-called Athanasian Creed uh, that outlines in painful detail the, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. I like to take Jehovah's Witnesses speaking about them again uh, through the that creed because it just lays out where our Nicene creed just kind of you know God from God light from light true God from true God begotten not made consubstantial with the Father is like beat how many times can we say this He is God um, the uh, Athanasian creed goes into even more detail on that point uh, and it's called sometimes you'll see it as quicumque vult because from the first two words of it, it means whoever will, you know, be saved must believe these things, you know. Um, so anyway, that's an example in our liturgy when it's used. It's really it's used really occasionally in the old form of the liturgy, not in the new form very much at all that I can think of. But anyway, quicumquivolt. Um, so that would be whoever, right? All right. We can also use it uh, um, with other prepositions. So we have, for example, quem propter, because propter always takes the accusative. So on account of which. Um, quiconium, and because they. All right. Looking at your drills, uh, again, just do the you know principal parts of the verbs that we've covered. Um, and then do your translations, uh, change tenses. Um, and, you know, if, obviously you can do the minimal uh, or you can do more because uh, it's always good to drill your verbs and do all their, their different forms. Uh, and as far as the exercises, again, we'll do as we've done in the past. We will uh, um, uh, go through ones that look more interesting and probably skip around a bit. Um, also, uh, when I drop the, you know, later in the week when we do the, the, the next, uh, you know, uh, little podcast uh, to go over the exercises. Um, if you have any questions, again, I haven't mentioned this for a while, but if you have any questions, please feel free to email me um, and uh, uh, I will try to address them in that subsequent podcast. Or if you're listening to this some months from now, um, and you have some questions, I'm happy to, to respond. So you have my email. Uh, it's alann at archspm.org. Um, and uh, uh, I'll try to answer your questions. All right. Very good. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time.